Welcome to the Vegas Strong Revival podcast, where the heart of Las Vegas beats through hospitality, community, and resilience beyond the strip. We're calling all Vegas residents and local business owners. Get ready to explore the pulse of our community. We aim to uncover the unspoken truths about our local services, venues, and businesses, discussing what's amazing, what needs improvement, and how we can uplift each other to enhance the Vegas Strong spirit for everyone in town. We appreciate you embarking on this journey with us to reignite the Vegas Strong flame, making our city not just a destination, but a more loving and hospitable community. Before today's chat, we invite you to subscribe or follow and connect with us on our Facebook page. We release new episodes every Friday, so you can count on us for your weekly fix of hospitality reality. I'm your host, Warren Sprague, joined by the podcast queen herself, Britt Whalen, founder of La Critique. Now, drumroll... Let the show begin. Warren, you're such a pro at this. Fabulous intro and happy Thanksgiving. I have to know, what's your favorite dish? Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. It was tremendous and I thank you for asking. My wonderful girlfriend Tiffany and I have attended two meals in a game night as of the release of this podcast and I have to admit that it was really nice remaining in the valley for the holiday for a change and I'm pretty stuffed at this point. I bet. <laughs> my favorite dish is 100% candied yams for the record. Truly a must-have at the holiday. I could have eaten a lot more of my vegetables when I was growing up if my mom had put marshmallows on all of them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Oh, and shout out to canned cranberry sauce, folks. In my family, we do have a quote. If it ain't got the lines, we ain't got the time. Oh my gosh. How was yours, Britt? Any standout dishes in your mind? Well, I love that. And my sisters all love the canned cranberry too. Mm. It's not really my thing, but since I consider myself a foodie, I'd have to say I'm most particular about the gravy. My grandma's gravy recipe, guys, OMG. I'll sadly never be able to make it as good as she did. Gravy makes the mashed potatoes. I'm a firm believer. It makes everything. (laughs) So, Warren, what are we discussing in today's episode? Well, today we're discussing the 10 toxic behaviors of a nightmare guest, guest satisfaction, statistics, and trends, and our expert recommendations on how to handle difficult guests. Fabulous. Here's my side note here, guys. When Warren and I say the word guest, we really mean any customer, any consumer, any person buying our product or service. It's been ingrained in us that even at the dentist office, we're not patients. We're a guest. Correct. We're all guests. Thank you very much. Although I want to jump right in on those topics because I know they're all kind of crazy to talk about. Perhaps we start off on a high note and highlight our very first local venue in the concierge corner. Yeah, this segment is just our time to give praise to a local business that demonstrates the Vegas strong ethos and continuously provides positive customer experiences. This week's venue is certainly deserving of our praise too. In fact, if you're a local and you don't know about this place, I'm not even sure you could actually call yourself a local. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Kind of. Ladies and gentlemen of Las Vegas land, please lend me your ears. For today, in this first fine example of our Concierge Corner segment, I bring to you a venue that has risen from the humble beginning, serving its seating capacity of just 12 Las Vegans all the way back in 1992 to being a locally recognized outstanding eatery that services hundreds of thousands of hungry guests each year. I bring you a restaurant so beloved that TripAdvisor and Zagat have both claimed it to be a on the absolute top tier of Italian eateries across our valley. And you know how much we value and love our Italian cuisine. I bring you 
none other than Nora's Italian Cuisine. Oh my gosh, I love Nora's. In fact, I was just there on Tuesday night. So I'll give a little shout out to my two favorite mixologists, Norman and Brayden. Hello, Norman and Brayden. Thank you for all you do. And why am I not surprised you know some of the staff there? (laughs) I'll tell you, it took me just one visit with the Gathering of Friends back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, to realize how special Nora's truly is. Elegant, but not gloating. Open, but not empty. Simple and truly so approachable. I fell in love with Nora's pasta menu that just won't quit. Their patient and pleasant wait staff. And an atmosphere that is as warm and as inviting as the Vegas sunshine right at the turn of March. That's perhaps our one good week of spring weather. So I totally respect the comparison there. I thought you might. <laughs> and in all seriousness, though, we can very easily return over and over again to Nora's because every aspect of the menu inspires a return visit. One could easily garlic bread or appetizer their way to a full stomach, of course, with standout suggestions like the calamari fritti, truffle fries, Mm. and Italian chicken fingers. I also suggest the grilled octopus appetizer with chickpea puree and a little bit of lemon oil. Oh, so good. That sounds amazing. It's always wonderful to try a decadent and less often offered protein like octopus or branzino, if you ask me. And branzino is definitely a highlight on the menu as an available entree. I'm becoming a tremendous branzino fan, I really must say. Yeah, I I see you're in a seafood mood today. Let me tell you guys, I often judge a chef by how they handle their scallops. And I often judge an Italian restaurant by their linguine and clams. Seriously, such a simple dish can say so much. And Nora's preparation is simply fantastic. I know. It's amazing. But that's not to sleep on their ribeye, their bone-in veal chopped parmigiana, or their chicken melonese that comes with a plateful mint pesto on its plate that is entirely atypical and totally awesome. And if I shift gears for a moment away from the food, which I have to admit is challenging, I just love the story of Nora's and how family-oriented they are. Nora and Gina Morrow even have private dining rooms named after them there. And even though the ownership passed down to Marcelo Morrow, you can find family members in the restaurant quite frequently. Okay, I feel like I have so much to say, but I need to preface it a little bit for those who don't know me. (laughs) So you and like all my friends know I struggle so much dining out because I'm like next level detail oriented. When I go to a venue, guys, literally any venue, I see everything. I know if the parking lot was clean of debris or if the main entrance door was difficult to open. I know if the glassware is clean or not. I know exactly the words the hostess and server first greet me with. Not to mention if the food is the accurate temperature and if the bathrooms are maintained throughout my time there. I don't believe in perfection though. I will always find those spaces for improvement. Therefore, a venue to get my praise is actually like really meaningful. You could totally say that again. Yeah. Now that I've explained all of that, I have to tell you guys, it's no secret that Nora's management values the small details. And what I mean by that is they never set a glass down without a napkin under it. They create authentic and flavorful dishes with quality products with consideration on how they are presented. And the sauces. If I could eat their vodka sauce on literally everything, I would. (laughs) Yeah. Totally delicious. (laughs) I'm with you. Ridiculous. Little things most people don't recognize are the purse hooks at the bar Mm. 
or the accurately placed lighting, mm-hmm. the music selection, and the perfect volume. Such an important thing. Or the fact that they go out of their way to make the outdoor patio enjoyable no matter what season it is. Mm-hmm. They still present a paper check in a black vinyl folder, and even the bathroom sinks demonstrate thoughtfulness, and consideration. Wow. I got to know a detail to that. Is that too much to ask? I wouldn't say it's too much to ask, but this episode's really long, so we got to keep going. Just and curious. I would say, let's leave everyone with a little teaser there to go check it out for themselves. Cool. I love that you mentioned the bone-in veal chop parm because that's actually what I ordered on Tuesday night for the first time. And it was absolutely wonderful. And the guests all around us just kept eyeing it and asking us all these questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was really fun. Get the other diners jealous of what you got. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The dishes are just so good. It's difficult to find something there that doesn't excite you. Uh, even my vegetarian girlfriend can choose the vegetable misto, the butternut squash ravioli, a wealth of pizza varieties, of course. Pizza's all over the menu there. Mm-hmm. You can build your own. Or even the Nora itself, which is actually one of the house salads consisting of baby mixed greens, roasted bell peppers, chickpeas, tomatoes, and a little bit of balsamic vinaigrette to cap it off. We're still hungry, right? Oh yeah, seriously. I'm already ready to go back. One thing I don't want to forget to speak on real quick is the beverage menu. I deeply appreciate their extensive wine list and all the best liquor selections and my personal favorite, the specialty cocktails. As a matter of fact, Vegas 7 Magazine named Nora's on its Las Vegas Bar Hall of Fame. And I agree with that distinction entirely. On Tuesday, I was really pleasantly surprised. My usual cocktail, the... Il Fragolino, was presented in a frosted coupe glass. It was so fun. And it had never been presented in that way before. Yeah, it's awesome. It's nice to see the variety. Almost like a free way to change up an existing menu item. And I like that. I'll round off this concierge corner by saying Nora's demonstrates the Vegastron ideology through their family-oriented culture, their attention to detail, and their thoughtful service time and time again. I'm so glad we both authentically support this highlight for Nora's. Definitely. If you feel cornered by this concierge and want to Escape to Nora's. Know you'll find it at 5780 West Flamingo Road. They're open every day of the year except for Easter, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and, you guessed it, Thanksgiving. You can find all their menus, group dining, and catering details, and of course, hours of operation on their website. Nora'sCuisine.com We'll have to see if my stomach can stay Vegas strong the next time I visit Nora's. And no, (laughs) I could not wait to use that line. Oh, Warren, I think we've both said a belly full or rather a mouthful on this segment. But since it's our first one, I hope our listeners will forgive us for going on and on about it. Well, we do have the absolute best listeners. Sincerely, thanks for all your listens here in week one. Moving into week two, I do want to share that coming up next on the Vegas Strong Revival, Britt and I will dive into our main topic of the day, which are nightmare guests. Or rather the nightmare habits of guests that keep us up at night long after our shift has ended. But first, Britt wants to tell you a little bit about the La Critique Concierge Service. Guys, I really hate sounding salesy. So instead of an advertisement, think of this as our announcement section. We are cordially calling all holiday warriors. With all the holiday craze, when was your last adrenaline adventure or blissful pampering session? How about a golden night out on the town with your favorites? That sounds super salesy. Gosh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm trying. La Critique firmly believes in a life full of experiences rather than possessions. So 
let us help you live it up. Or maybe even spread the love by gifting experiences to others for the holidays. Client gifts, hint, hint, wink, wink. La Critique Concierge Service is your personal assistant to making the best memories around town without the stress. We handle all the planning so you can keep your quality time focused on family and friends. This service launches on Monday, December 11th, and we've curated three awesome packages designed to fit every budget, so no one misses out. Limited subscriptions will be available, so we recommend getting on the email list now to receive direct updates. You can sign up at lacriticalv.com concierge or of course, you're welcome to call us at 702-723-2343 with any questions that you have. We are a local business, new to Vegas, so thank you in advance to anyone who signs up. It really means a lot to us. Now back to the show. Britt, I think you and I have both been in the hospitality industry for so long that we've become a bit numb to nightmare guests. And almost immediately after the interaction is over, we just mentally erase the interaction and move on. Yep. So, do you remember any one particular guest that would help our listeners connect with the definition of a nightmare guest? Because I racked my brain and I couldn't remember any that were appropriate enough for me to put on the air. (laughs) Fair enough. I really do have a terrible memory for really bad things. But I'll never forget this one night working at a hotel front desk early on in my career. You know, before I became numb. (laughs) (laughs) It was a swing shift, and a bus had just transported guests from the airport to check in for a conference. Naturally, a long line formed in the lobby, and there were three of us at the desk to check in, somewhere around 35 guests. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but let me tell you, Mm. she huffed and puffed while waiting in line, voicing loud enough for, like, everyone around her to hear, this is ridiculous. I was... Already dreading her arrival to my counter, Warren. Oh, yeah. Like, I just knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And she waltzed up with this wave of entitlement that could rival royalty, then demanded a suite with a strip view, and not just any suite, of course, the top floor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And up to this point, I was thinking she was just another HMG code, which, for those of you not in the industry, means high-maintenance guests. Yeah, I, I needed that one, too. Thank yep. you. <laughs> No, this woman went way beyond the HMG code and insisted on a personal chef. Oh my God. For the next morning Mm. and throughout her stay. A specific brand of imported bottled water that we didn't even carry and a 24-hour access to the pool and the spa facilities. So as I explained to her the pool and spa hours as professionally and politely as I could even think to do, she just profusely checked her diamond-studded watch as if time itself bent to her. And then out of nowhere, Warren, she lost it. Oh, my God. Started yelling at me and demanding a manager and saying I was taking too long to get her checked in. Mm. Internally, I was so confused because it was beyond all comprehension. But I was honestly so relieved to go get the manager on duty. Yeah, I I would be too. That is such a serious Vegas Strawn fail. Like, wow, the entitlement is just overwhelming. It's uh, it, it really is an attitude I encounter all the time. And yeah. I have to say, this is my number one worst behavior habit on my list. You have a list? Of course. <laughs> I, I, I came prepared. <laughs> Duh. I'm just kidding. I know you had a list. So just to clarify, this is a list of nightmare guest habits, or rather, their behaviors. Yes. 
Okay, let's hear it. Well, number one is obviously the attitude of entitlement in general. This is a really toxic behavior trait in my opinion, but especially toxic when brought into the dynamic of the service industry. No one feels good interacting with someone who believes they are better than they are. Agreed. I can't stand that. We're all imperfect humans. We're all sinners. Like, come on. Number two is when a guest thinks they can behave any way they want because they have a stack of cash or a pocket full of chips for tips. Oh, I've experienced this so many times. It's really arrogant and disrespectful to the business and the staff, if you ask me. Number three is the attitude of disregard or oblivious behavior. For example, when parents don't do anything about their disruptive or screaming children in a place of business where other guests are affected. Ugh, I hate that. Or when a person simply takes a call on speakerphone in a waiting room full of other people. It's the worst, in my opinion. And I had a terrible dining experience recently with a shouting child, and the parents did nothing. God. I was so disappointed in the restaurant, too, because they allowed that type of behavior. Yeah. In fact, I lost actual respect for the restaurant because of their lack of action. Because it didn't just alter my experience, but literally every single guest in the restaurant was affected. Normally, I'd say you should share that story sometime, but honestly, I doubt it's much different than any time a parent does nothing about their child in a restaurant. Yeah, parents, please. This is a huge opportunity for you to demonstrate Vegas strong culture. If your children are excessively loud or disruptive to other guests, please, please, please don't act like it's just whatever. Be courteous of other guests. Absolutely. It's it's never just whatever. Number four and number five are really prevalent from our story just a minute ago. That is, number four, someone being aggressively impatient and demanding. I don't think I really need to explain that attitude, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to number five, which is the complainer. Oh, I love this list so much. And I think we all know what the complainer is. So what's number six? Six is the aggressive guest, the one who is prone to outbursts of anger and even violence, whether that's threats to the staff or even other patrons. I've witnessed this. It's actually kind of scary. Yeah, I, I agree. There's no reason for there to be any sort of aggression to other people. Keep it to yourself, my God. Number seven is the needy guest. These guests are constantly demanding attention and reassurance, and they can be very draining to deal with. They, they may ask for repeated explanations of the same thing, and they may become anxious or upset if they feel they're not getting enough attention. Their anxiety is so loud sometimes that they often forget how to listen or even trust what they're being told. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's awful. I have one, though. Can I add number nine? What's that? The last minute guest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Being a professional event planner in my past, mm. this is the one who procrastinated and now expects everyone else to make heaven and earth move on the drop of a dime. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely relate to this one. As a concierge, I deal with this on a daily, hourly, minute <laughs> to freaking minute basis, guys. Oh, gosh. It's really challenging and adds an extreme amount of stress to the job. And it's not to say people don't forget they need XYZ booked, but it's the attitude of, well, whether I forgot or not, you must do this now. 
It's so frustrating. That leaves me with number 10, the greedy guest. This is the guest who goes out of their way for complimentary items or discounts, demands more than what they pay for, takes more than their fair share of resources, such as using two parking spaces or pocketing the bath towels from the room. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And or refuses to pay for damages, guys. This guest is likely to blame their actions on someone else too. Yeah, I've experienced that one too. This was a really great list. I'm so glad that we did this. And I hope that our listeners can relate to this and that businesses can really see the connection of knowing these types of guests and then how to manage those types of guests. So Warren, how do you think nightmare guests impact our community? Mm, That's a pretty, that's a pretty good question. Uh, I, I will say that obviously these behaviors negatively impact guests and staff members but it's totally fair to say they have a negative impact on the community as a whole. For example, if a business has a reputation of being plagued by rude and entitled customers, other people will be far less likely to want to visit that business. This damages the business's reputation and makes it difficult to attract new customers. Additionally, these behavior traits can create a hostile and unwelcome environment for everyone, which can make the community a less desirable place to live, work, and of course visit. Overall, it's important to be aware of these negative impacts and to take steps to mitigate them. By creating a positive and welcoming environment for everyone, businesses and communities can help to ensure that everyone has a pleasant and enjoyable experience. Absolutely. And if you're a local who's experienced a nightmare guest and want to share your story, feel free to post it on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear about it. And who knows, maybe we can help each other to lessen these occurrences. I suppose this transitions us into the importance of guest satisfaction, because clearly those guests were not very satisfied. Between the two of us, you're definitely more of the researcher. (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of data, trends, or patterns are out there to speak on guest satisfaction? Well, not that long ago, it used to be that a business would focus on customer satisfaction as this one area of the business that didn't really touch on any other area. Net promoter scores and surveys were just this extension of all other business operations. Now we have this evolving industry called customer experience, Mm -hmm. CX for short. Okay. CX encompasses all aspects of a customer's journey through the business, usually starting at the website and maybe ending with the customer leaving the parking lot. So think of it like CX involves every touch point a customer or guest can have with your business, okay? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Kind of like when human resources went from being just simple tasks like payroll to transforming into a C-suite partner and adding value to the business as a whole. Precisely. So with CX, I don't just look at the one thing of customer satisfaction. I look at all aspects of each touch point. Ooh, buckle up. Quantifying the exact ROI of customer satisfaction initiatives is really challenging for a lot of businesses due to various influencing factors. But studies and industry data generally support the positive correlation between improved customer satisfaction and therefore improved business performance. Some studies suggest that even a small improvement in customer satisfaction can lead to a significant financial gain over time. As believable as that is, uh, I, I have to ask, how do businesses know 
if their customers are satisfied. There are numerous sources and metrics out there to track customer satisfaction. My personal favorite is repeat customers and referrals. For me, it just speaks volumes when someone wants to come back or tell someone else about your business. But if you're a business owner or manager, some things you should be tracking if you're not already are online reviews and ratings, net promoter scores, mm. occupancy and sales rates, reservation trends, customer complaints and resolution times, oh. and general industry benchmark data and trends from firms like Data Essential, STR, or if you're in the car industry, JD Power, or Ibis World industry if you're in real estate. That seems understandable. I mean, if you're not tracking the information or the things that are actually happening in your business with your customers, how will you be able to know your own trends or data? So Britt, what kind of statistics are there for our local businesses to be aware of? Well, I do love my numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Of course. Yeah, I I definitely am. Okay. These are just some of the stats from this year in the U.S. So 2023. And I'm not going to include all the citations verbally. I will list them in show notes so that you guys know where they came from. So 61% of consumers will pay at least 5% more if they know they'll get a good customer experience. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Trust in the service quality does lead to dividends. Yeah. And it's kind of like buying organic. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You you pay more because you trust that organic is less toxic. 60% of consumers have switched brands due to a negative contact center experience. Oh, yes. Or any experience over the phone. If it rubs you the wrong way, you're out. It it really is pretty understandable that that might happen. Yeah, I'm that way. 70% of brands see a direct connection between customer service and performance. Definitely seems like a no-brainer. I just wonder what the other 30% of brands are thinking. Right, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it seems like they need to go back to business school if they're a little confused on that one. 80% of consumers feel more emotionally connected to a brand when customer service solves their problem. Mm. When the company sweeps in and makes everything better, it's like creating a bigger dopamine rush, I would say, probably for the guest. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. 39% of consumers have less patience today than they did before the pandemic. This seems like it should be so much bigger in my mind. Like, I think we could get away with saying 89, at least in our city, but I find that so not surprising. Yeah, this is in the U.S. as a whole, so maybe it's different here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. 54% of consumers say brands treat customer service as an afterthought. Ooh, and that's so disappointing. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty good indicator of why we wanted to start the Vegas Strong Revival. We wanted to remind everybody that customer service should not be the afterthought. Perfect connection there. 56% of consumers say most companies treat them like a number. Ooh, shake my head. Mm. I don't mean to brush by the medical field, but my family, especially as they age, feel like numbers. We cannot go into the medical industry right now because I have so much to say. (laughs) We have enough to deal with in hospitality. Carry on. Okay. Only 59% of customers trust the brands they interact with. I wonder how much of that is just born from what we've been through in those recent years. Maybe trust is just hard to come by in general. Interesting. 62% of companies don't respond to customer service emails. Oh my God, that's a shocker. Yeah. If I only replied to 38% of my emails, I'd be out of the job. Yeah, it's crazy. 87% of customers actively avoid buying from brands they don't trust. Yeah, it could be so easy to lose trust as we've been saying. 
90% of CX leaders say customer expectations have increased to an all-time high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 90%. And I agree. I think expectations have definitely risen. That super duper tracks. Yep. 74% of consumers feel brand loyalty is about feeling understood and valued, not about discounts and loyalty perks. I almost feel like when somebody's taking the survey and that question comes up, they're like, you know, I really do like my discounts and perks, but I'll go back to the real human, the soft needs, right? Mm -hmm. Of being understood and valued because that's, I think, what they would want me to say. Right. Okay. Just a couple more. Companies that lead with CX personalization have increased their revenue by up to 15%. Ah, there it is. Yep. And personalization being the key word here. Mm -hmm. Personalization has a really strong ROI. Customers want to be seen as individuals and provided with experiences that matter to them. Investing in CX not only improves the personalization, but also customer loyalty and retention on top of revenue. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I love that statistic personally. Go CX. (laughs) And last but not least, least, only 79% of executives say digital customer experience is extremely or very important. Oh, Meaning wow. there's 21% of executives who don't believe in this. My mind is blown. It's crazy. And crazy indeed. Crazy like all of these amazing details that you packed into this segment. I have to say, I really didn't see this coming. And I hope our listeners are just as impressed with the analysis that you just shared as I am. Sincerely, your data-oriented details are honestly amazing. Thanks. I did a lot of research. (laughs) The best thing I can say though about all of this is that the business environment is changing and evolving all the time. Leadership of any business should be educating themselves on the CX industry and its value as an active ROI contributor. And last, I'd just like to add here that leadership should always continue educating and training their staff. If staff isn't aware of their own performance trends, how can you expect them to truly excel? Absolutely. Which segues perfect into our last segment, which... I think it's my favorite, Warren. (laughs) It's the solution. Ah. It's the how-to on dealing with those difficult guests. And I love fixing a problem. Don't we all? Let's do it. There's clearly so much to be said about the impacts of negative customer experiences. So what personal recommendations do you have for business managers and staff in dealing with these difficult guests? Ah, my bread and butter. Thank you. I really appreciate the acronym I learned quite some time ago at this point. LEAP, L-E-A-P, which stands for listen, empathize, apologize, and provide a solution. Oh, I like that. Say more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listening is not strictly hearing a customer's words come into their ears, right? There is active listening, and then there is reflective listening, and each are essential. So if I may use a funny example here to demonstrate what you mean. You are allowed. (laughs) A guest goes to get their eyebrows waxed, and the technician waxes off a full brow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Silly analogy, right? But... It's not like it's never happened, so. I guess. Yep. The guest is clearly pissed, Mm -hmm. even traumatized. I'm not going back. In that moment, the active listening is for the technician to hear the guest's concerns and even the very justified freak out, Mm -hmm. right? And then retain them. Yeah. While reflective listening then voices the concerns back to the guest 
I hear you. Your eyebrow was waxed off and you are very upset. Allowing the guests to totally go off if needed and then say their words back to them, this allows them to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Definitely a key point in starting conflict resolution. Yeah, absolutely. Very correct. If the guest doesn't feel heard, they're not going to trust any action taken moving forward from that point. Empathy is one response that I find is challenging for most people in society in general. Mm-hmm. This is the opportunity to make the guest to feel understood. Yeah, I'm an empath naturally. I feel everything that other people are feeling, but I know so many people that don't have empathy naturally. So it's really important to learn this skill, in my opinion. Oh yeah. If we use the eyebrow scenario, the technician might say something like, I completely understand why you're upset. This is not our standard of service. Absolutely. Next up though, you're going to have to apologize. And I think apologies can be tough for a lot of people too. There's so many ways to approach an authentic apology, though. We got to be kind of careful here. With the legal environment that we all live in, I know businesses who actually train their staff never to say the words, I'm sorry, Yeah. because it can implicate them in the blame. Therefore, I'm a fan of using common sense on this topic by knowing the situation thoroughly. Right. So it's one thing to say... I'm so sorry to the guest whose eyebrow you just waxed off because that was a direct error on your part. You may not have a positive resolution without those two words. But to say, I'm sorry to the guest who found a hair in their food, it's not going to mean nearly as much because they know you personally didn't have any control in the manner. So sometimes it's better to say something like, I apologize you had this happen. Or please forgive us for this situation. Yes. And finally, that leaves us with providing a solution. Mm -hmm. My favorite part, since I am a fixer. As I am as well, I think a lot of hospitality professionals might be considering themselves as fixers, the empathy we have in our back pocket. And really my suggestion here is to start with, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention and allowing me the opportunity to fix this. And that's such a valuable thing to acknowledge because there's so many guests who may have just emptied their trust and won't come to you to try to resolve the issue in the first place. They've already checked out, both mentally and figuratively. Once you've acknowledged the guest brought you this situation, go for it. Ask them directly, how can I make this better? It's totally okay to do that. Asking them for their input furthers them feeling empowered in this moment. Many times, the error won't require compensation, by the way, because mostly, and I swear this is true, people just want to be heard and have the problem fixed to begin with. Yes. And if the solution does justify compensation, and (laughs) Lord knows, if my brow got waxed off, I would be demanding compensation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I recommend not saying the words, I can't. So if somebody responds in that scenario of the brow, you can make this better by putting my eyebrow hair back on. Don't say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Instead, say, you know what? I think our best option is that I provide you with a complimentary eyebrow pencil and a bottle of luxury hair growth serum. Wait, that's a thing? (laughs) Growth serum? Yeah. Uh, as a bald man, can I get me some of that, please? (laughs) We'll get you some. (laughs) Please. Right away. But to finish up, what are your thoughts on negative customer experiences and specifically how they impact the reputation of our city locally? A quote that my best friend used recently really applies here, and it's, a rising tide lifts all boats. When you get to go out and have a 
great experience. You're excited and happy and now you're nicer at work the next day and maybe you're having more vibrant conversations with people about your great experience. Then those people start to have more excitement and the ripple just goes on and on. Yeah. And you know when you're on the right track, when those ripples grow into waves of Vegas stronger connections between the businesses and their guests. There is no failure, only feedback. Mm, yep. Very Yoda, right? Oh, I love Yoda. Mm, there is no failure, <laughs> only feedback. Oh my God, that was so beautiful. <laughs> know your staff, track their performance, and specifically how they deal with all types of customers, not just the difficult ones. And that's all our content for today. We really appreciate you hanging in there with us this week. As we continue to learn and grow with this podcast, we aim to provide you with tons of value while also honoring your time. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. So please send us an email at podcast at lacriticalv.com. Message us on Facebook or leave us a voicemail on our super cool hotline. Super cool. 702-723-2343. And that's a wrap on another critical, or should I say critical, episode of the Vegas Strong Revival. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and found it as compelling as we did. We'd like to extend our deepest gratitude to our amazing listeners for taking time to listen and engage with us. Your support is truly invaluable. Remember, the Vegas Strong spirit is all about coming together. So please share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues in the hospitality industry, as well as anyone who loves the local Las Vegas as much as we do. If you have any suggestions, ideas for future shows, or even if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, don't hesitate to reach out. You can connect with us on our website, our Facebook page, or even leave us a voicemail on our super cool podcast hotline. Before we go, make sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. We release new content every Friday. Thanks again, Las Vegas, and let's continue to revive our city's passion for personalized service together. From Warren Sprague and Britt Whalen, stay, stay strong, strong, Vegas. Vegas.